Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. We're jumping into a new series called Rooted in Him. And my prayer for this series is that that this gets inside of you. Man, I, I just... I tell you what, this is a word that I've been I've been praying over and just really praying, God, help me to release it like you gave it. I've been so broken over this word and God has just been washing me in it constantly, um, just what it looks like for the church in this season and in the seasons to come. I believe that God is growing up his church, if you would. He's graduating us from you know, being slaves and being these, these people in the mindset of, you know, service unto God, or we have to do these things into sonship and daughtership, where we are understanding who we are and we understand what we stand on and we are not shaken by anything in the world. And so my prayer out of this series is that you get rooted. I'm telling you what, like roots that are deep so that no matter what takes place in your life, because our hope is not that this world gets better. I mean, that would be great, but it's not going to. You know, that our hope is not that, okay, the world outside, the politics, the, 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 dis, the distrust and the unrest, all that, we're just praying that it goes away. No, it, that's not gonna take place here. This is not our home, this world is flawed. But what we do have hope in is that Jesus is our Lord and King. He provides everything we need. He is everything we need. And so when you have Christ, you have it all. So my prayer is that you get rooted in that, that you have the life of Christ inside of you so that no matter what happens in your life, no matter what takes place in the months to come, no matter if this pandemic is over in a few months or if it's still going on in 2021, it doesn't matter because of what Christ is doing in you. And so let's dive into the word today. Uh, let's, let's invite Jesus in. Let's invite Holy Spirit into our spaces just to really release the word in our hearts. You know, there's, there's a grace that comes on a word that transforms. And I want to pray for that grace over your life. I want to pray for that grace over your heart that as we read this word today, that it would transform you. You see, there's two ways you can approach a word, right? And there's two ways you can leave a word. You can approach it with a heart saying, God, search me, you know, know my ways. David prayed this all the time where he said, search my heart, search me. Is there any way in me that is displeasing to you? And he was always in that constant reflection, always in that constant searching and seeking God in that. And there's two ways to leave a word. There's one where it says, hmm, that was a good word. And you just go on with your life, like a man who looks in a mirror, leaves, does nothing with what he looked at. Or you can leave and transform. You can change, you renew and say, all right, that was a word I'm gonna put into practice. And my prayer is that a grace falls on this word so that you don't just hear it. And it's not just like, mm, that was a good series. Yeah, it was, that was inspiring. Yeah, it was a really good word. Because honestly, I, I, don't need, I don't need you to say it was a good word. I, I really don't. My prayer more so would be that it changes you, that it challenges you, that maybe you even say, I didn't like that word. I, I, I didn't like what that said. I didn't like how that made me feel. You know, my prayer is that God searches you and that it transforms your character, that it doesn't just make you feel good doesn't just get you through this pandemic, but this is a sustenance that sustains you through any storm, no matter what comes your way. So can we just pray and invite Holy Spirit in? 
wherever you're watching from today, maybe you've traveled and you're with family, maybe you're at home, uh, wherever you are, let's invite Holy Spirit into our spaces as we watch this. We know that this, this word is alive and well. The Bible calls it a double-edged sword. It cuts deep to heart. And Jesus wants to do that with you today. He wants to cut you deep and look into the, the innermost parts of your being and make you into a disciple, make you into a person that is following him wholeheartedly. So let's just invite him in to search us and to, to really transform our lives. Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd come. Come into the midst of where we are right now. I just pray for every home, every room, every space that we are, are watching this together. We're connecting spiritually, heart to heart, soul to soul. And God, I just pray right now that you just release your grace on every heart and every mind that is hearing this. God, I pray that you just transform with your word, that it would search us. You are a God of the individual. Every time we read your word, it speaks to us individually. That's how you do it. You love us as your individual children, not just collectively as a mass. And we just thank you for that, God. We thank you for that. And I just pray that our hearts would be open. I just say that about myself, God. Wash me with your word. If there's anything in me that is not of you, please search it and destroy it. I don't want it to be in the way. God, of me being one with you. So we love you, God, and we trust you. And I pray that this, this would just be, there would be an anointing on this word and that it would transform our lives, that would transform our homes and jobs and schools and this world. We love you, God, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to dive in. We're talking about rooted in him. And uh, yeah, just believing that God makes roots. And I think sometimes we, we look at this and we almost like wait on you know, God to do something in our lives or for this magical moment. Um, but honestly, like we talked about last week, it is a decision we have to make. It's a choice we have to make. And, you know, we have to really stop and ask ourselves the question. This is the question I want to start off with. Um, this whole series is just, what are you searching for? What are you searching for? You know, sometimes I think we can get in the Western mindset of church and religion and Christianity. And, you know, there's almost this like underlying theme that Jesus should make us feel a certain way. He should make us feel good, right? When we come to Christ, we should live this life that's blessed, life of abundance. You know, our life should be good. We should feel good all the time. You know, everything in our life should be a certain way because Jesus is in it. So Jesus should make me feel good. And really, that's the total opposite of what Jesus says. Because Jesus said, in order to follow me, you must first take up your cross. Take up that which you are, are willing to die upon. And, and if you look at, I mean, back in the Bible days, when, when people were alive in Christ and they were moving in the spirit and the revival was breaking out in the land, there was huge persecution on the church. I mean, every follower of Christ was dying by martyr being burned at the stake, being hung on crosses, being beheaded. I mean, that is not a life of, you know, in this world's eye, abundance or success or favor. Oh man, they had so much favor. He got his head chopped off. That's incredible. Wow, that's so good. No, in the Western world, we're like, no, God, keep me safe. God, keep me in, keep me in your hands, right? Uh, God, make sure that you watch over my money and watch over my possessions and watch over. And we, we pray these prayers and we have this mindset, but really we have to ask ourselves, what are we searching for? What are we after? Because in order to be rooted in him, we have to hear his words and have to understand what he's calling us to. He says, pick up your cross. So the first thing out of this whole thing is to understand what's worth dying for. What are you worth What's worth laying down your life for? Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must first lose your life, right? If you want to gain life, you must lose it. 
If you want to be the first, you must be last. I mean, just all these upside down kingdom mindsets where the culture and the world speaks totally the opposite of like, you should feel good. It's all about you. It's all about your growth. But when Jesus came, he said, it's not about you at all. Actually, when you come to me, you deny yourself. You die to yourself. That's what we, we celebrated today with communion is when he died on the cross, he calls us to do the same, to die to our old selves and to come into a new life of him that is empowered by Christ, that Christ is in us so that we are new in him. I wanna look at Romans chapter eight, chapter eight, verse one. So if you follow along, we're gonna go all the way to verse nine, but Romans chapter eight to set some foundation for this series. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life sets me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the sinful man in order that righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Verse five says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Big change, big transformation there. The mind of sinful man is death but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Then we close the verse nine. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. If the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong Christ. I love the scripture and I love what Paul is is talking to the Romans about and calling them into because it's this life that's fully devoted. It's this life of looking at the two natures that are trying to take possession of your time, talent, and treasure, trying to take control of your identity, trying to take control of everything in your life, really. These are two natures, the human nature and the spirit nature. And when you're in the human nature, everything is driven by that human nature. But when you're in the spirit, when Christ lives in you, all of a sudden his desires drive you. His desires go go before you and call you into something. Now, I realized something about this word. I realized something about this series. I realized something about what's going on because I know that, you know, majority of those that are watching this, maybe you, you're sitting there watching this, will go away from this word and do nothing with it. I understand that. I understand that a lot of people hear messages or hear words and and it might feel good or be inspired. You might even write some things in your journal, but then you'll go away and do nothing with it. And I understand that because, you know, I understand that this world has, has given us that perspective of just kind of taking in the moment and moving on. And we shy away from the processing. Uh, but I've really been challenging my spirit lately in this, in this pandemic, in this season, to really process what God is speaking, to not move on too fast, to not just go on to the next thing, but to really process, what did Christ just say to me? What did Jesus just do in my God time? 
man, what word did he put in my spirit? What has he done in my journal? He's even challenged me now to have a day where I just stop learning and start reflecting. Or I'll just look back and say, God, what have you spoken up to this point? I don't want to forget. I don't want to move on without having it actually transform me. I don't just want a book full of good inspirational things. I want something that I can show, hey, this is a part of my life now. This is who I am now as a husband, as a leader, as a father. This is who I am. And so, you know, my, my prayer really with this is that you would come into a life that, that is transformed and that you would hear this word. And I know there, there are a few of you that will come away from this word and you will, you will, you will take it on. You'll say, this is what God's calling me to. This is what I'm going to do. And those, I believe, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here today. That's why God gave me this word is for the few of you who will grab this word and say, I need this in my life. I'm gonna be trans, I'm gonna make a decision today to transform my life. I'm really going after it. And those are the Daniels. You're the Daniels. You're the Davids. You're those that will get before God and listen. You're those that will say, you know what? I know the world's all caught up in all this. I know everybody, this is the popular thing to do. I know we all should be whatever, according to culture. But as for me, as for me, Uh, So I just want to pause right there and just say, hey, if you're reading this word today, if you're following along with it, I just, man, make that your prayer that that God show me how to make this something where it's a part of my life. It's a part of my life. So we got to ask the question out of this with the the human nature versus the spirit nature. What is our mission? What's our mission here on earth? Why are we here? What are we doing? I think in these silent moments where, you know, sometimes life changes, it stands still. Uh, Sometimes we have more reflection time if we allow it. In those moments, we can really realize what we're living for. You know, Jesus, when he told his disciples what to do when he was gone, you know, he gave them the Great Commission. Do you know what the Great Commission is? To go and make disciples. But I mean, if we really pause and stop, stop the rat race of ministry and church and everything that we're trying to accomplish in our jobs and careers and all the goals that you have for your life, and maybe you're even looking at 2021 and you have a bunch of goals that you want to accomplish. But if we stop and we look at the Great Commission of what he's actually called us to, you know, I just have to ask the big question of myself, how many disciples have I made? And I, I, asked, I asked the same question to you, to write it down. When's the last time you made a disciple? And if you're making disciples left and right, hey, thank God for you. You are rocking it. Way to go. But I know that when we stand before him someday, the things we've built on earth, things we've created, even the churches we've built, won't mean a thing if we haven't made disciples. It was the only thing he called us to do. And he told the disciples, and this is crazy. This is what I've really been just searching in. This is why the church needs to be rooted is because when we get back to our foundations, when we get back to who we're supposed to be, we are not supposed to be this body of Christ that is, you know, I can't think of any other word, but just, you know, totally full Christians where we're just full of the word. We're full of all these messages and full of all these good quotes and we have all these worship playlists and that's not who we're called to be. When you look at the disciples, they were mean green fight machines. I mean, everywhere they went, they released things. 
They cast out demons. This is what Jesus said. You will, he said, this was almost like a, a command over them. You will cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. I mean, th these are crazy things. And I have to ask myself, you must ask yourself this question. If Jesus said it, he said, you will do greater things than I've done. We have to look at the church. We have to look at ourselves and say, when is the last time we cast out a demon? When's the last time we healed the sick? When's the last time you prayed for somebody and they were raised from the dead? And if, if, our, if our answer to that is shallow, then we must go deeper. I'm not saying that if you haven't done that, you're not fully saved, or you're not fully in Jesus. Believe me, I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that there's another level that God wants to raise the church to in this time, where he said, I will pour out my spirit on all men. It was an outpouring. It wasn't just a sprinkle. It wasn't just, oh, God's doing little stuff over here and little stuff over here. And maybe in your lifetime, you'll see a miracle. Maybe in your lifetime, you'll, you'll be able to have authority and cast out a, a spiritual demon that is possessing someone and, and drowning them in depression and anxiety. No, no, no. I believe that God is raising up a people. He wants to pour out his spirit so much that old men dream dreams, young men proclaimed visions and signs and wonders are on the earth. The wonders that are in heaven become signs on the earth. I believe that that's what God wants to do. And if, we're, if we'll approach this word and say, God, help us with this. We don't know how to do it. I don't know how to go forward because honestly, all my life, I believed in this. I believed in it and I'm trying to walk it out. I mean, in this season, God is drawing me deeper in relationship with him. He's drawing me to ask huge questions of myself just to say, how am I living this out? How am I, how am I being an example of what the church in Acts looked like? Not just talking about it. Not just being like, hey guys, I think this is what we need to do. But living it out, like look at my life. This is what's happening. This is what God can do. And I want you to ask yourself the same question. What does God want to do in you? What does he want to plant you in? What does he want to do in you that you become not just a follower of Christ that's wishy-washy and then if things go good, you'll be awesome? Because that's what I think it is. Like sometimes we come into Christ and we're shallow. We're, we're the shallow seed that's planted, you know, and it's super shallow. So as long as life's good, our faith is good. As long as things are going according to what we think they should be going to, going back to that whole like Jesus should make us feel a certain way, as long as there's finances, I'll give. As long as there's excess at the end of my bill paying and all the things that I need to budget for, then I'll give, I'll give extra. You know, but as soon as something goes down, as soon as something goes down in your life, you are washed away. I mean, your faith is gone, your hope is gone, just everything in your life falls apart. And it's because you're planted shallow. You have this shallow seed. And I believe that God wants to plant you deeper. He wants to take you to a level you've never been. I'm telling you, it's a burying underneath the ground. It's a dying to yourself. And does it feel good at first? Absolutely not. I mean, it absolutely stinks. I remember at the beginning of this pandemic where God was just working on me and drawing me in. And it was like, there's a spiral. I was in just in a spiral, just like questioning things and just like, God, what are you doing? And I remember that process of him pruning, just taking away things. And I'm still in that season, honestly. God is still pruning things off of me. He's still showing me things. He just showed me something right before I preached this sermon, just showing me what I need to get rid of, what I need to prune myself of. And, and it's a constant, it's a constant, but it's going deeper. It's God, I wanna know you more. There's gotta be more of you, but it has to be less of me. 
It can't be more of you and more of me. That's not, that's not it. We come to him and we say, God, all of you, less of me. I don't want any of me. I, that, that's my prayer is that God takes us deeper. And he says, there's a difference when you're led by the spirit. Paul's talking to the Romans. He says, you got to get this spiritual hunger. You got to get this, this life that is led by the spirit where you are not in flesh. And really it comes down to killing the flesh. I mean, it, it comes down to killing those desires to starve that which, which um, takes away from what he wants us to do. Um, Ashley and me, at the beginning of this pandemic, we sat down and we talked. We said, you know, this season is going to be hard. I mean, no matter how you look at it, it's not something, especially when we got, you know, a month in, two months in, we realized this thing's not going anywhere. And even looking forward, you can see, okay, this thing might not be going anywhere for a while. I mean, we might be here for a bit. And me and Ashley, I remember having a conversation of saying, you know what? We have to be rooted. We have to be planted. We have to go deeper. And we made some decisions for our house. We made some decisions for our relationship. We made some decisions for our God time. We had to have those conversations and say, hey, listen, though the storms may come, we will be rooted. Though life may come at me and things might get crazy, and it might try to break everything down, we will be rooted. We will be planted. We will go deep. And it's a decision that we have to make as Christians to say enough's enough with the shallow living, enough's enough with just going from message to message and having nothing transform us, nothing change us. Search my heart. Do I have human nature that is, is leading me right now? Do I have anything in my nature that causes me to not be planted? Am I on the surface? I believe God is drawing us deeper. I want to look at Jeremiah chapter 31 today. Man, this jumped out on the page. Honestly, this was a late addition to this word, um, but I, I love it so much, and I love what, what God is calling because I, I believe it's a word for today. I believe it's a word for right now, the church, for your house, for your marriage, for your, your kids. I believe this is a word for your school, if you're a student. I believe that this is a word for us as the church. And it was um, Jeremiah speaking to the Israelites. And it says in verse 31 of chapter 31, we're just going to read uh, three verses here. It says in verse 31, the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. Ready for this? This is what he's speaking over his church today. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Look at that marking. Look at that snatching. Look at God, him, him marking his possession, saying, they will be my people. I will put my word in their mind and their heart. Now, what we have to understand about this is that uh, what Israel was doing was it was going through all of this phase, right, where they're coming through, you know, the wilderness, coming into the promised land. Jeremiah was talking about a day that would come when Jesus would come, separate 
the, the curtain that was between them and the presence of God so that they could become one with God. So this proclamation is not just for Israel. It's not just for Jews. It's for God's people all. Paul said it later. He said, there's no Jew or Gentile, no Greek or... He said, there's no separation. When God came, when Jesus came and broke down the law of sin, he broke down all that separated people. No longer was there segregated like, you are God's chosen, you are not. You are possession of God, you are not. I'm sorry, you're going to have to live to a bet. No, no, no. He said, all can come to me. And this, so this is a word for us. God said, one day I will make a covenant. Now, this covenant that he's talking about is a promise, but it's more so if you look at it like a grant where there's a, a, an identity that is giving a possession to a lesser identity. And the lesser identity doesn't have to pay back anything. And that's what God was saying is that I am doing something. I'm making a promise with my people. Who will come to me? Who will turn to me? He even said this to Solomon. Those who turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, pray, and, and come to me, humble themselves, I will attend to them. I will be their God. I will hear them. I will heal their land. And so this is a promise over the people of God that we will not just be Christians, not just be a part of a church, but we will be God's possession, that we will have his word in our minds and our hearts. And look, he goes on in the last verse here, verse 34, says, no longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, know the Lord. And that's what I, I believe that God is doing in his church right now is he's bringing a people closer to him. And there are some out there that it's just, they want to be tickled, man. Their ears have to be tickled. They want to feel good. They want to feel something. And so they're just going from message to message to message until they get that inspiration. But I believe that God is drawing a people closer to him that the scripture comes alive where it says, you don't have to go around saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. And that's what I believe Jesus is doing in this time that he's taking his people to a place where they know him. I mean, it's an intimacy with him where they know his voice. They hear him. It's the quietness of the morning when you wake up and you say, Holy Spirit, I'm here to meet with you. And you come into this space where you set it apart as a king meeting. And you're like, God, I just want to be with you right now. I just want to hear your word. I mean, when's the last time you did that where you just came and you said, Jesus, transform me. Holy Spirit, search me. I want to hear you. And you just got quiet. You just got quiet before him and said, just Holy Spirit, just move. Move my life. Move me deeper. Make me go where I maybe don't even want to go. But God, do something in me. And my question to you right now is, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for to be planted? What are you waiting for to be rooted? What are you waiting for to possess this life in Christ? Are you waiting for a better church? Are you waiting for a better spouse? You're waiting for a better job, a better school, maybe a better nation that has better politics that are fair. Because hey, if you're waiting for all of that, you're never going to arrive because the grass is never greener on the other side. It's greener where you water. And so God is calling us to be a people. And I feel the spirit of, of God speaking right now. It's time to drop the shovel and dig a hole. It's time to plant yourself. I don't know what you've been waiting on. Maybe you've been waiting for the right timing or the right moment. But today I feel the spirit of God speaking over your life right now. Drop the shovel and start digging. It's starting to plant here. 
where you are. Don't wait for this pandemic to be over. Don't wait for this season to subside or to just calm down just a little bit. Don't wait for the finances to grow so that we have enough to give. I'm telling you, it'll never come. I promise you. I remember when we left our, our old job and, and we had a great paycheck and then we went from that to nothing and we had to make a decision. Will we still be generous? But if you're waiting for that time to come, if you're waiting for something better to be about, I'm telling you, the spirit of God is speaking to you right now. Dig a hole. It's time to plant yourself. It's time to look at this space as your home. We're never going to arrive at something. This is not, this is, this isn't even for temporary gain. This isn't good planted in God so that you can, you know, gain this fortune or gain something. No, this is for going deeper. If you're waiting for that time to come, you're waiting for that moment to happen, you might never arrive. You have to make the decision today. Say, God, I want to go deeper. Man, see, when you are lost in him, you're found. When you've lost it in the world's eyes, you've found it in his. And we have to, we have to understand that, that we are living for a whole new reality. And his spirit needs to grow inside of us. But we have to decide. We have to decide. And then this is, this is life. And I, I truly believe that, that God is calling uh, his church to this life of knowing him to cultivate the soil. And so just beginning this whole series, we're going to look at the next few weeks, this how to be planted, how to grow. But I think the first thing is to cultivate the soil, to break ground. You got to break ground. It's time to look at what's been holding you back and break it up. And if there, if your heart, and we talked about that uh, last week with the filter, right? Our filter of praise. Sometimes our unforgiveness or bitterness or just the way that we view life can be a gross filter for the word of God. And it can actually dirty what God wants to speak to us. And so we look at everything with this pessimistic outlook, right? Where it's like, ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know if God can do that. Or I don't know if that'll happen because it's, you know, never happened before. or It's never done that or whatever. And you can approach life like that. But I truly believe God wants to cleanse us as his bride. He wants to cleanse us as his church that we approach the word with a new understanding of what he wants to do in it, what he wants to do in the midst of it. And so uh, as we approach that, I wanna give you three things that you can do today to cultivate the soil. So you ready? Get your journal out, write it down, and this is something to process um, this week. Number one, you must first drop the shovel and dig a hole. You gotta make a decision that you are going to build and make a plan. I'm telling you, the big rocks have to get in place. Those things that are gonna be a solid foundation have got to be number one. You've, I'm telling you, in this season where, where we're in the holidays and we're approaching the new year, this is a phenomenal time to set some big rocks in place. Maybe you need to get a discipline in the word of God. You need to get a plan. You need to get going with it. You need to just start reading. You're like, I don't know where to start. Start John. Right? It's a great place to start. Just get on the Bible app and just search for what you're feeling right now. I'm telling you, there's so much out there. It's unbelievable how much content there is, but God wants to speak to you. Just know that. As soon as you read this word, he wants to speak to you. And if you approach it like that, it doesn't matter what you read, you're gonna get something out of it, I promise you. And so you first make the decision. It's a non-negotiable time with Jesus. I'm gonna drop the shell, I'm gonna dig a hole. I am going to be planted here. Write that down, number one. I am going to be planted where I am, all right? Because you're going to be changing the encounter. I'm telling you, if you get with Jesus, he will transform you. You won't have to go through a training. You won't have to go through all these courses and all these programs. I'm telling you, if you get with Jesus, he, his encounter alone will transform you. 
It'll transform the way you love. So number two, you ready? Number two, make a pre-choice to stay there. Come on, somebody needs to get this one. This one preached so hard to me when the Holy Spirit told me because I got to pre-decide I'm going to stay here. Now, uh, my wife will tell you this, but I'm a creative. And so I've told my team this too. I get bored. I get bored with the monotony of life. I get bored with routine. You know, I like to just be creative. I'm like Pocahontas, you know, just around the river bend is something better, right? Or like where the wind takes us. And it's always that, oh, what's to come? What's new? What's vibrant? I want to be a part of that. But I have to make a decision that Christ, I am staying. I'm going to stay here. No matter what comes my way, I am going to stay here. You have to get a tenacity in your spirit. You have to get a tenacity in your spirit that says, as for me and myself, I will serve the Lord. As for me and myself, I will stay until I hear him. I will stay until I'm planted. I will stay until Jeremiah's promise comes alive, where I know the word, where Christ puts it on my mind, in my heart. He is my God, and therefore he is alive in me. I will stay here until it happens. I won't move. And even in those days where I don't feel it, I don't feel the message, I don't feel good, I will stay. I will stay. And I will stay in the process of what the Spirit is doing in my life. So, number two, make the pre-choice. And man, I pray this all the time. I say, God, yes in advance. Yes in advance. Whatever you're calling me to, yes in advance. And yes, I will stay there until you've developed me fully. Because I want to be right in the middle of your development. Because we're not searching... See, I feel like this is, we get too impatient. And so we don't have enough patience to be rooted in him. So we settle for being rested on him. And so we just rest on him for a little bit until, you know, life gets crazy. And it's like, oh, life is nuts. We don't have time. So we just go on with life. But we have to have patience to be rooted in him, to stay. Say, God, what is it going to take? It takes time to dig a hole. It takes time to plant a seed. It takes time to see it grow. I mean, the kids, they planted some the other day and it took forever to grow, a little sprout. But if you'll be patient, God wants to birth something in you. He wants to do something in you. Number three, last one. You ready for this? Pray hard prayers. Pray hard prayers. Number one, dig a hole. It's time to be planted. Number two, decide in advance. I am going to stay. I'm gonna stay and be developed by God. Number three, pray hard prayers prayers. These are the prayers that seeds pray. And when you have an understanding that you are a seed, God is planting you, you understand that you must first die to your old self. I know, not popular. This is not a popular message because the Western world, we want to believe Jesus is going to make us feel good. He's going to make us feel this incredible sense. But Jesus said, if you're coming to me, you got to die to your old self. Those selfish desires, those things of your human nature have got to die. And once they die, then my life can be birthed in you. That's why Paul said, the old self is dead and Christ lives in me because he had died to everything of his old self and Christ was making him new. So we gotta pray those prayers. God, here's a good prayer for you. Strip away anything that comes in between me and you. That's a great prayer. And God, and what that does, it allows Holy Spirit to come in and search you. It, allow, it gives him full authority to come into your life and say, hey, listen, that little thing you do with your spouse, that little thing you do with your kids, that little thing you do at school, 
that, that thing you do to your teachers or, or to those in authority over you, that way you talk, hey, that needs to change. You give him authority to say, hey, listen, that's not Christ-like. That's not Christ-like. And when we do that, he searches us and provides a way for us to become one with Christ. And then we have the decision to make, will we drop it? And God is so good in that. But we're always praying those prayers. God, strip away my pride, all my sinful ways, search me. Is there any way in me that is not of you? God, get it out, all my selfish desires. And then less of me, more of you. What a prayer. Man, if we really believe that and we prayed that prayer, God, more of you, less of us. More of you. We must have more of you because when you increase in our life, we become fully sons and daughters of you. Man, I want to pray over you and then we have some questions for you to process at home. We're just going to put that in the chat for you to take. Maybe you can do it with your family or maybe just process in your journal with you and God. Maybe find your prayer closet and go nuts. Let Jesus speak to you in this time. Uh, but I want to pray over you and release, release God's love into your heart. Release that tenacity in you because I understand something that if you allow it, this word will transform you. It will take you to places that you never dreamed you could go. It'll take you into a oneness with Christ where you are more alive than you've ever been. And our church will be rooted in something that is steadfast, that going forward, no matter what comes, we will not be moved. So I want to pray that over you, that God gives you that tenacity this week, you step into it. That this season, as you're looking at the new year and what's to come, that you really go after what God wants to do inside of your heart and life. Hey, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you, God, right now for this moment. I thank you for this moment where we're gathered here online. I thank you for these amazing world changes that are on the other side of the screen. God, they feel you drawing them in. They feel your invitation. They, they hear you calling them by name. And right now, I just pray over them. I pray that you would give them the tenacity to make the decision to dig a hole. Man, to be grounded, to be planted, to say, this is my land. This is my territory. This is my season. This is my time. I am going to plant myself. And God, you give them the tenacity to say, I will stay here until it's finished. I will stay here until it's done. That they will not give up when things get hard. They will not give up when it doesn't feel good or, or when they come to a block and where they're like, I just don't feel inspired anymore. They would stay there because I know there's so much reward, God, on the other side of that breaking point, the other side of that wall. God, there's so much. So I pray that you just give them that tenacity, give them that drive right now. And I pray that you just release your Holy Spirit into their life as they pray these prayers to say, Holy Spirit, search me, search my heart. Is there any unclean way in me? Is there any sinful, selfish nature in me that's causing me to live in a way that blocks me from the power of God being alive in me? I just pray that as they pray that, God, you would search them. Show them, God, exactly what they need to see. Show them what they need to work on. Show them what they need to strip away so that they can fully run with the purpose of God in their heart and life. In your name we pray all of this. Amen. Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.